Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today, we have another amazing author with us, a pastor, Pastor Brett Heath. Pastor, such a pleasure to have you here today. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm really, really looking forward to our time together. Yeah. And Brett, you were saying that you live in Oklahoma. Can you give our audience a little bit more details of your time in Oklahoma and your church that's there as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I uh, grew up in Oklahoma. Uh, there, I grew up in a town called Ardmore and Long Grove. They're about a stone's throw from each other. And that's where I went to high school was Long Grove and grew up in that area. Mm-hmm. And then um, we we moved to Ardmore and I lived there for a little bit. And now I live in a very, very small town called Ratliff City, which is about 30 minutes, give or take, from the church I pastor in Springer, Oklahoma. So uh, I've been all over the place. I I definitely know Oklahoma, that's for sure. (laughs) And when you say small city, how small are we talking? Well, where I pastor at is less than 700 people. So it's one of those places that if you don't know you're there, then you'll drive right on. (laughs) You'll blink, you'll miss it type of deal. Exactly. One yeah, that's the kind of city I grew weird. up in, in Missouri as well. So really? I think we had 800 then. I think we have 600 now. And so, yeah, I'm totally oh, familiar wow. with that type of lifestyle. I get it. In your that's city amazing. that you, you pastor in and then the city that you live in. Go ahead and tell us that as well. Sorry. Oh, sure. The city I live in is Ratliff City. Ratliff and city. it's about 30 miles from where I pastor at in Springer. Springer, mm-hmm. Oklahoma, Liberty Baptist Church. Excellent. And so we're going to dive into your book, which is titled Faith in Action, the Evangelistic Devotional and Journal. And so you were making a point that you have an evangelic devotional and journal. You have both. And so this is so important for you to share the gospel. So I'm excited to get into that today. But first off, what led you to write this book? Why did you why were you why did you feel led to write this book? Well, I um, actually read a statistic. I can't remember where it was from, but. It just absolutely blew my mind that it said over 60% of professed believers never share their faith because they don't know how. And I was just floored by that, which I also work as full time as a chaplain for a, in the hospice industry. So I spend every day ministering and witnessing to people. And just over the course of my journey as a believer and as a pastor, I found some different ways that were kind of able to enter into those conversations rather smoothly without it being, you know, scary or I'm afraid to talk to people or, you know, some of the common, common things that people go through when they want to share their faith. And so I said, you know what, if I can just offer something that might make this a little bit easier on people and tell them that evangelism is not as scary as sometimes we make it out to be. 
and that if it was just something that I could do that would add value to them and possibly just bring that down just a little bit. If it just helps one person mm-hmm. that could knock down that 60%, then I knew I, I did my job. And, you know, I, there was the first book kind of dealt more with the kind of the internal things that we go through uh, as a believer and what stops us from sharing our faith, fear, lack of Bible knowledge and so forth. Mm-hmm. But then I happen to think there was uh, the devotional industry is millions to billions of dollars. And I thought, you know, what if we did something that has, uh, from as far as I could tell, had never really been done before, something that is a devotional, but it would be centered around evangelism mm-hmm. and then have something that you could write down and kind of engage in. It's not just you read it and then go about your business. It's something you can come back to and you can look at your action step and see how you did for that day. And it was just one of those things. I started doing a little research and I didn't find anything about anything about that or like that. Of course, there's lots of devotionals, but there wasn't one really centered around evangelism and sharing your faith. So I thought, you know what, we may have hit something new here. And so I I just kind of so valuable to be able to share your faith, not just because of the lack of Bible knowledge, not just because of the fear, but this is called the Great Commission for a reason, right? We're supposed to Mm -hmm. share it with other people. And so as a missionary myself, I had to overcome that obstacle as well, or that I was a little afraid. Maybe I'm going to sound crazy. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're going to reject me, all those things. But once you get past that, when you get to see someone give their life to Christ because you did Mm -hmm. step out, because you were obedient, there's nothing like it. Nothing is comparison is in comparison to that, that feeling and joining into that, what God is doing. And so I, I'm grateful that you're writing this because so many people need to understand the practical side of sharing the gospel. And so if you can just break this down a little bit, your let's let's go with the roadblocks first. You said that the roadblocks were fear, lack of Bible knowledge. So what can we practically do to make this stop? To oh, sure. So the the devotional, it handles more just basically practical steps that you can take, because I think a lot of times people overcomplicate evangelism. Mm -hmm. I think they overcomplicate it a lot because really evangelism, uh, the principle I kind of live by is evangelism is just getting somebody as close close to Christ as they want to go. And when you look at every believer in the Bible, whether it's Old Testament, or New Testament, you can find that principle of evangelism somewhere. A lot of times, like you say with the Great Commission, you know, oftentimes we think about New Testament because that's where we find the Great Commission where Jesus gives it. Mm-hmm. But there are so many different principles of evangelism that you see all the way from Old Testament to New Testament. And I thought that this devotional might be able to unpack some of this because some of it does go over the roadblocks and everything. But the first book that I mentioned was the one that handles more of that, like the internal things, but faith Mm -hmm. in action is more of, okay, how can we do little things every day, you know, biblical principles that we learn from and put that into action as a way to share our faith. For example, day two, we talk about Abraham Mm -hmm. and we're talking about the, the, one of the things about the devotional, I think is we have the scripture reference and then like most devotions, we have like a reflective thought, but most devotional stop there. And this one has like an action step. Mm-hmm. You know, what can you do with the information that you just that you just learned? How can you move forward with it? And with Abraham, one of it was the action step was find a way that you can intentionally bless somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the 
way to move forward with it because like I said, we overcomplicate something as simple as just telling others about Christ. And when you're intentional about being a blessing to somebody and you, you see that you're adding that value, people tend to start getting start getting curious about, mm-hmm. you know, why are you so nice to people that, you know, don't really like you? Why, why are you always giving to other people? Well, because I'm a Christian, that's a principle I live by. So I think the biggest roadblock that people have is fear in evangelism. Like you were talking about, you know, how do I get over that, that initial struggle of, you know, what do I say and so forth. And what this devotional does, it takes little, little pieces, kind of baby steps of one little thing that you can do each day that will encourage you and help you in your evangelism efforts was kind of the idea behind it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love this concept. To, to make evangelism simple, because it is. It's something that we can do every single day. We can take part in. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to be called to another nation. We don't have to be a pastor. We don't have to be a missionary. We can just be a son of God and share what God has done in our life for somebody else. It's just that simple, right? I like to find places mm-hmm. where people can't escape. I think that's fun, like an elevator or like like a taxi. Oh, yeah. Right? Like things like this, where <laughs> people it. just can't get away, you know? No, that's a that's a game. That's a playful. But I, I do think that it's so, so valuable to share our faith. And like I said, we don't have to go to another country. We can go across the street simply. Mm-hmm. There's people in your home who may not know Christ. There's people that you go to work with that don't know Christ. And so we have so many opportunities every single day to share our faith, faith in action, as Brett's saying here today, if we're willing. And so how do we make ourselves available for this? Can you just identify that for our audience today? Oh, absolutely. There are so many different ways that you can do it. Because it's not as hard to enter into a conversation about evangelism as people may think. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's one of the things that I found is simple is just giving somebody a track. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot like of gospel track or you have mm-hmm. your church information on it. And as a pastor, that's what I try to encourage people. Like if you leave a track or if you just give one to somebody, you're probably being you're probably in that 80 percent. You're doing 80 percent more than most Christians that are professed as a believer are doing any day because I really think about it in the small things I can mention every day that you can do to make a difference. I mean, I could go on and on in stories of just about tracks, people giving somebody a track and I tell them all the time and we go out to eat all the time. Don't we? I mean, you know, you can leave one at the table or you can just sit there and say, Hey, you know, my name is Brett Heath. I want to invite you to my church. And that's it Mm -hmm. because you don't have to engage into a full conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, one of the other things that I teach my people when it comes to um, evangelism is kind of steering the conversation that way. You just take one word that somebody has or somebody says, and you kind of use that to steer the conversation. For example, um, you, let's say you have somebody you meet and they introduce them. Hi, you know, my name's David. Oh, David, like from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you come from, is your family come from a, a church background or a faith background? And boom, now you've entered into a conversation about evangelism. I mean, and it's just those little things that we can do every day that can kind of just take the conversation and ease it towards the, because I mean, there's great, I mean, a lot of people will go door knocking and everything. And I think that's a great way to um, Mm -hmm. talk to people and everything. But a lot of times you just kind of catch them off guard when you do that. Or, you know, if you just hand them something off the, well, you see those people on college campuses a lot of times that they just hand them a pamphlet or something. Mm-hmm. But I think evangelism is much easier when it's just an everyday conversation. Right. Your faith and, is just brought up in an everyday conversation. And what I've noticed that the closer I am to Christ, the nat- more natural it becomes to evangelize because mm-hmm. it's it's your lifestyle. It's I don't have to f- 
fake it. I don't have to create some story for them to hear the gospel. I just, it just comes out of me because it's who I am. It's what I do. Right. I've noticed this in my life as well, that the closer I am with Christ, the more natural evangelism becomes because it doesn't matter who mm -hmm. I'm talking to. It comes out. It comes out all the time. And I think that this is where I want to be. I don't want to have to try to be sharing my faith. I just want it to come out naturally as a Christian, as a believer. Right. And so I think you're making some excellent points here. Let's go into the book a little bit more. You said that there are daily challenges, right? Daily devotional pieces that we can do. What are some of those? What else are those? Because day two, you said that was Abraham. What are some others that we could look forward to? Um, so we use a lot of biblical characters to give an example like Abraham. We can talk about the Apostle Paul. We talked about him a couple of times because of course, aside of Jesus Christ, he is probably the greatest missionary that mm -hmm. ever went out and did that. And like I said, the way the structure of the devotional is set up is you go through day one and you have that scripture reference. And then you have the devotional itself, a paragraph or two, just a little bit kind of a context and what the principle is that we pull from that reference. Mm -hmm. And then I was always told that, you know, great questions you know, that that's the best thing that you can do is to get people to think the better the question, the better the answer. Mm -hmm. So we take that principle that we just learned about and we ask, OK, how can you apply this to your own life? Mm -hmm. And then that's where the devotional, I'm sorry, but the journal part of it comes in handy is because what I think is going to be so good about it is you can take that action step and you can write it down and then you can go practice it mm -hmm. and then you can come back to it and look at it, okay, well, how did I do that today? Or how did I do on day one, how to do on day two? Because what, what I don't want is somebody just like a lot of devotionals, you read it, you know, you get the value from it and you put it on your shelf and you know you go on about your business until the next one comes out. I don't want this just to be another thing that you read that gives you value. I want something that you can engage with mm -hmm. and it can engage with you, if that all makes sense. It absolutely does because we need that, that response, right? We, I think mm -hmm. we learn something deeper if we put it in action. I think that's exactly what you're trying to do here. Faith in action. And so evangelism, yes, let's go on to that topic a little bit more, that it is a challenge for many people. What are some obstacles that people happen, like what happens when you are sharing the gospel? If you could give us some, maybe some testimonies of rejection or other things, just to make it practical for us. to say, Oh, hey, oh absolutely. It, right. No, absolutely not. I can't tell you the amount of doors I've had shut in my faith, how many times that, you know, I've been cussed out because I'm trying mm -hmm. to share my faith with somebody or, you know, but I just try to remember that uh, Bible story with, I believe it was Samuel, when God told him, look, they're not rejecting you. Mm -hmm. They're rejecting me. Right. And I just have to remember that, you know, I'm just doing the best that I can to be obedient to the Great Commission, just to, to your point about how you said it starts in your home. You know, in Acts 1-8, where did Jesus say it starts at? Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts. And you just kind of have to start there. But there have been wonderful, wonderful times, though, when I did get a chance to lead somebody to the Lord. And I think outside of giving your life to Christ, that is the best experience yeah. that you can have. As you mentioned earlier, there's just nothing better than seeing somebody, you know, give their life to Christ but then to also see the transformation that takes place mm. a little bit later. The discipleship that happens after the fact, right? Absolutely. And I think that's one part of evangelism that so many people miss is we think about leading people to the Lord in the process of winning them to the Lord. But what happens after that? Mm -hmm. They said to make disciples of all nations. 
Yeah. And like I said, it's a great, great feeling and a, a personal testimony. If you're asking about that, of some by the time I led somebody to the Lord and whatnot, happened to be my wife and I. We were just gotten married. We'd been married for about a year, I think. And we had some friends. We were, we were, we were leading a Bible study for our local church. And we had some friends that had some kids. They asked if we'd take them to the take them to church for Wednesday night Bible study and if they could uh, they could be in the the one downstairs because we were teaching one over teens and over relationships and so and they said absolutely well they had a young they had another kid with them and we took them to the we took them to church and after church was over we were asking them as we were taking them home hey you know what did you learn about in church today oh and they said oh we learned about Samson and how he was the strongest man on earth at that time and I was like okay and then somebody said he's like a superhero I said okay well, that's awesome. I said, can I tell you about the greatest superhero that ever lived? Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, who's that? And, you know, I started sharing the gospel with them. And I said, and I was asking them who their favorite superhero was. And, you know, many said Batman, Superman. One said Spider-Man. I was like, that kid was raised right. There we go. Spider-Man, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what I was raised upon. Yeah. But I took the opportunity to tell them about Christ and everything. And some of them had already given their life to Christ. And I get to this young man and I said, you know, have you ever asked Jesus into your heart? And he said, no, I don't think so, but I want to now. Mm-hmm. And so we just happened to pull up in his driveway and, you know, I took my, my new Testament and I was letting through some scripture and made sure he understood the gospel. And right then and there, he had asked Jesus into his heart. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that's just amazing. You know, how we were talking about earlier, how the simplicity of it, it started with, you know, Samson, it started with a conversation not about superheroes and Batman and Spider-Man, but the fruit of it was mm-hmm. and I really think that um, kids today are the ripest harvest that there is when it comes to evangelism, honestly, because they haven't got the nonsense of the world in them yet, mm-hmm. and they're pure, and you know, when they don't have that opportunity to really Rejecting the gospel in the way because, well, science says this or thus or thus or thus. And of course, that's a whole nother conversation. But that's the point I'm trying to make here. I really think that they're the ripest harvest. But those are just a couple of instances that, yes, you're going to have times when you get the door shut in your face or you're going to be cussed out. Or I know people have had things thrown at them and, you know, it it can get pretty rough. But if you just continue on then you get to see the fruit like I did with that young man and leading me to the Lord. And it is absolutely amazing to have that feeling and uh, to get to that feeling that's kind of my hope with you know faith in action and you know it's that you can take these little things that you can do every day mm-hmm. that if you practice them and you put them into action it can lead things to like that to where you get to lead people to the lord and you get to experience that feeling every day yeah i have a million dollar question here why is evangelism so important in today's world mm-hmm. That's a great question. I really think because when you look at the world today and you look at the situation that we're in, I mean, you think about Israel, Hamas, you think about with the Russia, Ukraine, and all the things that are going on, a lot of people are asking questions now more than ever. And I think it's such a great time to do that because every day that we wake up, we're one day closer to the Lord coming back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way when you look at the world today and if, the, if Jesus were to tell us the day he was coming back, I think believers would get real busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would be trying to get things in order, telling anybody and everybody about him. 
And I think because we're so close, I mean, Jesus talks about the wars, the rumors of wars, and all these things that have to come to pass before he comes back. And he calls it the time of sorrows, and here we are now. And I think that's why it's so important nowadays, because we're closer than we've ever been, I really think, in, in my opinion. And, you know, when you look at the scriptures that come up and so forth, on that topic of, of the end times and so forth, I think now is the most important time than ever because we're so much closer than we've ever been. Wonderful. You're sharing some amazing things and practical ways for us to evangelize those around us. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Becoming a woman of wisdom, it's just that simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Keep in mind that becoming a woman of wisdom is a work in progress. As Madeline Roberts defines it, the definition is growing daily using your God-given wisdom in every situation of your life. Enjoy each new day, celebrate life, and don't stop until the vision comes to fruition. Pick up Madeline Roberts' newly released book, Becoming a Woman of Wisdom, on Amazon today. What is your outlook on life? How much time do you have left between here and eternity? In Jeff Jackson's newly released book, Extended Horizon Reflections, Jackson opens up about a doctor's report being diagnosed with a terminal illness that generated life trajectory changes, giving him only five years to live. Purchase Extended Horizon Reflections on Amazon today to read his powerful testimony as his horizons extended. What would you say we do after we can complete the devotional? So it's 30 days. After we complete the 30th day, what's next? Well, the next thing I think would be to go back and look at the action step you took and go back to your notes. Okay, what did I write down for that day? How did I do on what I set out to do, you know, my accomplishment or the how I did things? You know, did I do it right or, you know, what else can I do, or you can go back to maybe some of your favorite devotionals that, you know, maybe really spoke to you and you can, that, and you can look back at them and continue to move forward with it. Because like I said, that's what I want this devotional to be is very interactive. You know, it's not just 30 days and I'm done. You know, when you get done and you get to that 30th day, you can look back on your progress and see, oh, wow, you know, I've done so much better about this. Or, you know, you'll find out, man, I'm, I'm a little more comfortable sharing my faith now. It's because you're interacting with the devotional and the yeah. devotional is kind of interacting with you with that journal aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the hope that, that we have. Yeah, I think every single one of us believers need this. We need to put our faith in action. We need to step out of our comfort zone and share our faith with somebody else. Like I said before, you don't have to go to another country. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be an elder in your church. You don't have to you know, hold the door open for people at the church. Just You're a son and daughter of God. If God has impacted your Mm -hmm. life, hopefully you would want to tell somebody else about this because your life hopefully has completely changed than what it was before. For my life, Brett, Mm -hmm. I was a drug addict seven years ago and God drastically changed my life. And so for me, this is an easy tool for me to use to evangelize. When I'm meeting people, I can say, hey, God changed my life. Do you want to hear about it? And that that opens a huge door for people. And so I'm going to encourage all of our audience today. I believe that every single person has a testimony. Maybe it's not as dramatic as mine, but every single person has had a moment Mm -hmm. where they gave their life to Christ and something hopefully changed. And so we can share that, that small piece that something changed in our life. We turn the other direction. That 
we can share with other people and encourage them in their faith that God can do that for them. I was a slave. Now I'm free. Do you want to be free? Right. Absolutely. I think everyone wants to be free. And so thank you so much, Brett, for what you wrote into this devotional, this 30 day devotional. And you mentioned several times that you have another one as well, which is, can you tell us a little bit about that first book that you were saying as well? Oh, absolutely. That was, um, I've called it evangelism. What's getting in your way. And the reason I've named it that is because it's one of those things that when it comes to evangelism, 80% of the things that's I actually almost say 90% of the things that probably stop us from sharing our faith are eternal. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know much about my Bible or, you know, what if this happens? What if people don't like me or, you know, la, la, da 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 all the different things that we go through that the devil tries to use to discourage us from sharing our faith. Because I love what you talked about, how your testimony is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, just sharing your faith, just sharing your testimony can be a great way to do it. Like, you know, why, why your faith is so important to you, you know, what you've been through. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard that statement, you know, you can't have a test without a testimony. Right. I'm sorry, you can't have a testimony without a test. Excuse I got me. It, I got it. it made sense yeah. to me when you said it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's just such an important thing. And that's kind of what we explore with that second book is, or I'm sorry, that first book that I read, um, that was, you can just, once you get rid of those stumbling blocks, once you get rid of, rid of those internal struggles and things, you'd be surprised how much easier, like you talked about earlier, how smooth are those conversations and how naturally they come up. And that's kind of the idea from it that, and this is a great, this is actually, in my opinion, kind of a great series in a sense, because once you've kind of got those initial jitters or those initial things that stop us internally, that's where the devotional can come in is now, okay, now I'm kind of more ready to get a little bit further into the meat of the word, because that's kind of what we do with these devotional or this devotional, we kind of get more into the meat of the word and so forth. And so that was kind of my hope with that one. And they're, they're both on Amazon. And, you know, my, my, my biggest thing is I want it to be something that adds value to people's lives. Something I was just thinking about is the analogy, like a car, like imagine if we got in the car every single time and we were so worried, this might happen, that might happen. This, I might have an accident. I might run out of gas. I might lose a tire. You know, who knows? We would never drive, right? Mm -hmm. We have so much experience driving now. We don't even second guess when we get in the car. And so I hope that this is us in evangelism, that we have so much experience. We've been doing it for so long. We've read this devotional 50 times because we can keep going back and applying the steps that we Mm -hmm. learned. We can also pick up the first book and find out what is stopping us internally from doing it. And so, Brett, thank you so much for sharing all of this. You said that the books are on Amazon. There's a link below in the description for our audience to check that out. Anything else you would want us want to leave us with today from your time here? I, I think, um, yeah, it's just as simple as it can be. Is my hope is just to let everybody know that just share your testimony. That that's the biggest. That is still the biggest way to lead others to Christ because when you share your testimony, that's how people they they engage with you, and I think they understand where you're coming from because I just you said your testimony is you know seven years ago that you were a drug addict. You know, you enter that that kind of conversation with somebody who's a drug addict now. And you say, hey, listen, I'm a testament to there is hope. There is something right. better than this. And there is, you know, freedom from that bondage. And, you know, that's through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing I would encourage people with is to just share your testimony. Yeah. Wonderful. Thanks for your time here today. If you could end our, our time with a prayer for our audience, that would be excellent. Oh, absolutely. Let's pray. 
Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day, Lord. We thank you for the blessing that it is just to be able to come together and just to be able to talk about your goodness and your greatness and just how wonderful that you are. I pray for each and every listener here today, Lord, that hopefully this conversation could just add value to their life and, Lord, that they would just see who you really are and they would just see how amazing you are. And, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you bless each and every one of them and, Lord, that you just lead and guide them through a new year. Certainly there's going to be new challenges, but also, Lord, we know there's going to be new opportunities and new blessings. And I pray favor and blessings over each and every one of them. Father, we love you and praise you. Ask things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.